Welcome to Devotional. This is lesson number 5 for Wednesday, December 26th. Well, we are winding down. Just a few more days and 2018 is done. At least the quarter, the Sabbath school quarter for 2018 is done. And we begin a brand new one on the book of Revelation. And uh, just as a heads up, because I am on vacation, uh, I'm going to do the first two uh, lessons, the first two weeks as a one lesson compilation or one recording compilation so that I can spend some time with uh, my family while I'm down here. And But I also want to continue providing these resources for you. It's something that I committed to do. And my wife and I have both talked about it. And my wife is very supportive of me being able to provide this resource for our churches for you. So um, since we are going to be, I've already hinted at the lesson on the book of Revelation, um, this quarter, this, this week, actually quotes from a book written by Dr. Ranko Stefanovic, who, who authored the lesson on Revelation that we will start uh, just next week uh, studying on. And again, if you don't have access to this lesson, I will provide the links so that you can get access to the lesson for free on your app, on your phone, on your tablet, um, your web browser, whatever you, you feel like reading it. You can print it and have your own hard copy as well. Um, so just make sure that you use those links in whatever platform you are uh, listening to. I'm going to read from the Revelation of Jesus Christ. It's a commentary on the book Revelation written by Dr. Ranko Stefanovic. And it reads as follows. The healing of the nations refers figuratively to the removal of all national and linguistic barriers and separation. The removal of national. There will be no more countries. The leaves of the tree of life heal the breaches between nations. The nations are no longer Gentiles, but are united into one family as the true people of God. What Micah anticipated centuries earlier is now being fulfilled. Nation will not lift up sword against nation, and never again will they train for war. Each of them will sit under his vine and under his fig tree with no one to make them afraid. That's Micah chapter 4, verses 3 to 4. And you can also compare, compare Isaiah chapter 2, verse 4. There on the banks of the river of life, the redeemed will invite his neighbor to sit with him under the tree of life. The curing quality of the leaves of the tree will heal all wounds, racial, ethnic, tribal, or linguistic, that have torn and divided humanity for ages. It's powerful, isn't it? Now, I'm going to read to you the lyrics for the song that I mentioned to you on Sabbath afternoon. John Lennon's uh, Imagine, right? Um, the first stanza says, Imagine there is no heaven. It's easy if you try. No hell below us, above us, only sky. Uh, the second stanza says, imagine all the people living for today. Imagine there's no countries. It isn't hard to do. Nothing to kill or die for and no religion too. Imagine all the people living life in peace. It's not difficult for the Christian to imagine this because the Bible points to it. The tree of life uh, stands for that healing of the nations where there will be no more countries, no more division based on um, racial inequalities and social inequalities, etc. I wish someone would have presented this to John Lennon. I think this for me as a, as a pastor, I, I need to pray and ask the Lord for wisdom on how to reach 
these music stars, these movie stars that are so far removed from wanting to hear anything remotely related to Christianity. I mean, the Beatles uh, eventually rejected Christianity, even though they had the Church of England in England, um, in, in exchange for Eastern religions. Um, and it's no wonder why, right? All the colonization that were done and all the abuses done in the name of Christ that just made Jesus a stench in the, the, the minds and hearts of so many secular individuals. I wish John, John Lennon would have understood that the tree of life would provide the reality for what he could only imagine. Um, but some thoughts, right? Um, he mentions no heaven and no hell, which implies no resurrection, no hope. And again, I'm, I'm going to err on the side of mercy. The, the vast majority of the world, um, when they think of heaven, they don't just think, well, the, exi the existence of heaven is the only reality in that paradigm. If there's a heaven, it's because there's also a hell. And hell is what makes many individuals seeking for God, seeking for some spiritual orientation to reject God and Christianity altogether. It's the teaching of hell. It is a, a depraved, blasphemous idea that it gets ascribed to God, that he will for all eternity torture and torment human beings uh, because during this lifetime, however long it was, um, they decided to reject his grace and his love. So therefore, he feels justified for all eternity to cause ever-ending, and not just never-ending, but ever-increasing torture and torment and pain and anguish for them in this place called hell. I would not believe in that God either, and that God does not exist. So this song is, for me, there's pain in here. He's expressing a rejection of a God that does not exist, but a God that has been presented to him as, as if this is the reality of who God is, and it's not. Um, but this idea of no hope, it leaves everybody um, heartbroken. December 8, 1980 is when a mentally ill, actually he was a Presbyterian out of all things, a Christian, uh, that many decades earlier had become uh, enraged with John Lennon, statement that the Beatles were more famous than Jesus. Um, he became obsessed and mentally unstable. Um, uh, it's, it's a big, huge warning about you know us using the sword, like we said in an earlier post podcast. He felt justified in taking John Lennon's life. Actually, uh, as I read the records, he wasn't. He didn't kill him because of the statement about Jesus. Eventually, he killed him because he wanted to become famous. That was his own statement. He wanted to achieve uh, worldwide fame. He would become instantaneously um, famous, which is a narcissistic way of trying to achieve this by taking uh, the life of this individual. Not justified at all. And uh, when the day that he died, his widow, uh, Yoko Ono, all she could do is cry, no, 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 please tell me it's not true. And that's a heartache for anyone. It's painful for anyone. Even Christians make this statement. And the idea of the hope of the resurrection needs to be highlighted in our minds on a daily basis. And I'm not sure what belief Yoko Ono had. Um, it's interesting that he said no religion, but as I read the, their journeys, uh, he prayed for peace. Yoko Ono said that after his death, you know, join John Lennon. He, he, he regularly prayed for peace. He prayed for peace. He prayed. That's, that's a religious act. That's a spiritual act. And, and Yoko Ono also um, prayed herself. So um, this, the lyrics for me began to show what I see in the Bible. Um, this is the human reality. Taking this from John Lennon, right? We can write a song of the ideal we, we can we can recognize 
wouldn't it be great if? And that's what this and many other songs present to us. We can write a song about peace and oneness, yet find myself, even the songwriter himself, incapable of attaining the high ideals these songs point to. John Lennon would sing, Imagine no possessions. Imagine a brotherhood of men. And he wrote this a year after the Beatles broke up. And not just dissolved. I, I saw the, the, and I read the uh, interviews done with Paul McCartney about how this process took place. It was very painful. These four guys that achieved such great fame were not able to sustain it. They were not able to sustain this oneness amongst them. And when he sings about imagine no possessions, uh, in the courts, his lawyers were fighting uh, ferociously with Paul McCartney's lawyers as far as the copyright of the songs and the companies and the assets, the millions of dollars, those possessions, imagine no possessions, a brotherhood of men. John Lennon could sing about the, the, the ideal reality he could long for, but find even himself utterly failing at fulfilling that reality. I hope this makes sense to you. We can write the songs, but even the songs that we write, we can't live up to. This song captured the imagination of millions, but I don't know how many of those millions ever stopped to think about Paul Lennon's inability to fulfill this reality even in his own life. Um, this, this is more than just simply a rejection of Jesus. This song for me just highlights the impossibility of humanity of fulfilling the ideals that we sometimes recognize. And I see that, right? Immediately I thought of Romans chapter 7 verses 18 through 19 where Paul says, For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. For the willing is present in me, but the doing of the good is not. I can recognize something good as I reflect and as I mature as a human being, as I began to, you know, taste all the pleasures. And John Lennon went through that, you know, the, the, the carousing, the, 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 all these experiences of pleasures and drugs and stuff like that. He eventually saw the emptiness of that. He ends up getting married. He ends up getting married not to a supermodel, but someone that had deep thoughts and could, could think abstract was an artist, right? Uh, no matter how you may feel about Yoko Ono, that's what John Lennon fell in love with, with her. Um, he got married. He had a committed relationship. He loved this just this one woman in spite of the million of women that would have had a relationship, would have loved to have been in a relationship with him, and they had a child. And I wonder what having a son did for John as far as his worldview. Maybe this song is a song of a world that he would have loved his son, Sean, to have inherited. But the very song that he wrote, he could not produce in his own life. Like Paul, I see the good, but when I look inside of me, I find that there is just nothing capable of doing the good that I desire. So verse 24 says, Wretched man that I am, who will set me free from the body of this death? Thanks be to the only one, to God, through whom Jesus Christ our Lord, through whom He has set us free. You know, John could sing, imagine no possessions and a brotherhood of men, and yet have a vitriolic, uh, toxic relationship with someone he had achieved fame with, Paul McCartney. 
um, he, he himself, Paul McCartney, regrets some of those comments made and, of course, the sudden death of John Lennon. For us, it remains to recognize that we cannot get seduced by what the world calls fun or exciting or real. They can sing the songs, but none of them can live them out. Even a song as that, that encapsulates what is biblical. John Lennon may not have known this, but in that song, Imagine, he was imagining what's already in the Bible, what the tree of life presents, a world where there will no longer be nations and wars and separations and famines and hungers. And the reality is that as far as the possessions are concerned, no one is going to be interested in gold or pearls or precious stones. They're just going to be there to exalt and glorify God. He's going to be the focus, not those things. And what will dominate beyond God and worshiping Him through whom we've experienced this freedom, being set free from this body of this death, what we also be, will, be, will be able to enjoy is that brotherhood, that oneness, that brotherhood of men and women. What John Lennon only could imagine, believers will be able to experience in reality. Oh, that the world could know about this. Oh, that our secular friends could become acquainted with the realities that the gospel offers to every human being through Jesus Christ. My friend, this Christmas, we have exchanged gifts with one another. My prayer is, Lord, as, as I read through John Lennon's uh, history and through the many people surrounding his life, my heart ached because how Satan has isolated these individuals from what they could only imagine, the realities that Jesus came to bring to our lives. May God use our churches. May God use Oakwood. May God use Monroe. May God use the church you belong to. May God use you to have these realities reach the ears of individuals that can only imagine them.